Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. Glad to see all of you here today. I'm excited to be in church. Uh, I want to just encourage you today that there are new updates that are available for you today. From the scriptures, we're going to find these new updates. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. And uh, I want to say welcome to all of you today. and Thank you for being here at One Cause Church with us. We pray that your experience here will be one where you are encouraged, you are built up, strengthened, changed, and blessed. Because that's why we are here. We're here to build the church. We're here to build, see people's lives built for the glory of God. Uh, here you won't find bad news. That, you can find that in other churches, but you won't find that here. All right, we're here to preach the gospel, which is called the good news of Christ. All right, and uh, when you leave here, I hope that you feel more strengthened and blessed and happy than you've ever been. Amen. You know, when I was a kid growing up, church was the, the more you got beat up, the, the better church was. Boy, the pastor really got us good today. Man, he beat us. He had everybody down there groveling and crying at the altar. Well, okay. Well, yeah, but was, were lives changed? That's really what matters. Our lives changed. Amen. And you can change your life just like that by changing your mind. I've told you the story. My wife, her, her dad, uh, is, he's inspiring to me. My father-in-law, he's, well, he's inspiring to me in a lot of ways, but he's the one who introduced me to hunting and guns and outdoors and all that good stuff. And uh, he's an avid gun collector and enthusiast and sharpshooter and all those kinds of things. And, and he, uh, he used to smoke five packs a day. Five packs of cigarettes. That's a hundred cigarettes a day. When he went to buy a carton of cigarettes, it was going to last him two days. All right? So he was at a store, and uh, he, was about to, he was about to pay out, uh, got his carton of cigarettes, and there on the magazine rack at that time was a guns, uh, the new Guns and Ammo magazine, which he hadn't gotten yet. And so he saw it, and there was an article on the, in there, a, a, actually a... Uh, Headline, whatever you want to call that, that, that piqued his interest. So when he saw that he wanted that magazine, he checked his money, and he only had money uh, for one, uh, either the carton of cigarettes or the magazine. But he didn't have money for both. So he decided he wanted the magazine more, and he left the carton of cigarettes there and walked out with that magazine and never smoked again. You can change your life. This, he wasn't even walking with God then. Choice is an amazing thing, isn't it? And God has given you and I, all of us, this power of choice. And you can change today by simply choosing to change. But let me help you understand something. As a believer, as a believer, there is this power called faith that we must get into and we must stay in this thing called faith. Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen. It is the victory. It is how we know the things God knows. All right? He gives us access to every good thing from God. And so today, the, the, the scriptures are always, the scriptures are teeming with life. They're teeming with truth. They're teeming with help for you in, in your everyday situation. Even though this is an ancient book, yet the truth in it is timeless. All right, and that truth in it is, is relevant right now for your situation. So this is why we come to the scriptures and we receive downloads of new updates so that we can get some of the bugs out of our lives, 
the distractions, the things that are bogging us down and causing us not to be effective in our walk and our prayer and just how we deal with people on a daily basis. And so today you've come for some new updates and I'm here to give you some. Amen. Let's go to Colossians. Well, let's look at verse 3. We're going to start there. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you. Say this with me. Say, there is hope laid up for me in heaven. Say it again. There is hope laid up for me in heaven, of which you heard. Before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So Paul preached the gospel in such a way that it gave these people hope for heaven. Now this is glorious. This is when, when the gospel is preached right, it only ends in hope. It brings hope. It brings good news that there's something good coming. That's what hope is about. It's, it's, it's the expectation of things to come. All right. So the gospel gives an expectation of things to come. And this expectation from the gospel is heaven. That your end is not here on the earth. And I'll just die here and then that's it. No, no. There, there, to, to go to a place where there is no end. There is no end of life. There is no end of joy. There is no end of peace. Hallelujah. The end of sorrow is there. The end of death is there. The end of sadness is there. The end of lack is there. The end of sickness is there. Amen. But every good thing is realized in this place called heaven. So we have this hope in us. Now this is not some fleeting hope. This isn't a wishful thinking, crossing our fingers, rub the rabbit's foot kind of hope. Amen. This is greater than that. Some of you, where's Pearl? She has a hope today. And she's... She's wearing a hat. She's wearing a hat that is announcing her hope. It has a Dallas Cowboy star on it. She has a hope. Oh, and a shirt. She has a hope today that the Cowboys are finally going to win a game. But they need to. But she has a hope. But, but this hope that she has in, in her team and the hope that I have in my team and maybe you, you're, the hope that you have in your favorite sports team really isn't in a sure thing, is it? Now, you're for sure a fan, but your hope is not really in a sure thing. If you've watched sports long enough, you find out there is no such thing as a sure thing in sports. How is it that you can have such an assurance in something that is unsure? That can't work. The scripture says in, in Hebrews chapter 6, it says, This hope that we have is an anchor of our souls. It's both sure and steadfast. It's an anchor. It's a confident expectation and a joyful expectation that what God said is absolutely going to happen. That heaven is a real place, and I am a real citizen in that real place. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we have this hope. You cannot have an assurance of something that's unsure, but this says the hope we have is sure because heaven is sure. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, tell them heaven is sure. It's a sure deal. Your salvation is sure. Amen. Why? Because Jesus Christ is sure. As long as Jesus Christ is seated next to his Father, we all have assurance. All of us, because he's there on our behalf. The scripture says he's our high priest. The high priest is one who represents the people to God. And Jesus is there on your behalf. And as long as he's there, all men have hope. All of us. All of us have hope. Now, if he should ever change his mind, well, it's all over. 
I guess we won't you know, know any better anyway. But it's, nev- it's never going to change. I love this. The scripture says that the Word, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became what? Flesh. And the Word, the word became like us. And He dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten Son of God. But He was the only begotten Son of God only for a time. He's not the only begotten Son of God now. Now the Scripture says He's the firstborn among many brethren. There are a lot of sons of God here today. Amen. So now the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Son of God became the Son of Man. So that we, the sons of men, could become sons of God. And as Jesus is seated next to the Father, the book of Timothy tells us this, that there is one God and there is one Media, there was a, there was one God and there was one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That when the Word became flesh, He stayed that way. He forever changed Himself so that we could all forever relate to Him. That's really good to know. It's, it's, it's not only good to know that He is God, but my family, the hope for us is that He's also man. And as long as that man is there, hallelujah, looking like you and you looking like him, we all have free and clear and bold access before our Father. Just as, let me, tell you, let me tell you, say it like this. You have just as much bold access as Jesus Christ himself. You are just as righteous right now as Jesus Christ himself is righteous. See, see you, know, you went quiet. Why'd you go quiet on me? It's hard to, it's hard, why? Because you, you got to live in this body and you know the temptations and you know the struggles that you have and you think, I'm just as righteous as Jesus. Absolutely you are. Thank God it's not found in that flesh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Yes. Amen. Yes. And the scripture says, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Yes. One spirit. You're not just glued to Jesus. You're infused into him. Amen. You can't tell the difference. In the spirit, you can't tell the difference. That's good news. We, as we live on this earth, though, we need help. In heaven, you're not going to need any help. But right now, you need help. We need, down, we need updates, amen, to help us to get free of the clutter. Are you ready? we got to keep reading the Scripture. Look at verse 6. And which has come to you, as it also has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit. As, it all, as also among you, since the day you heard and knew the grace of God and truth, as you also learned from Epaphras, what a name, huh? Our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. Verse 9, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Let me help you today that the, the Paul prayed this prayer that they would know and he's really, this prayer is for all of you today, that you would know the will of God. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 5, 17 or 18, somewhere around there says, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. All right? We can't just, we can't leave it at that religious kind of thinking. Well, we don't understand the ways of God. His ways are past finding out. No, no, no. He wants you to know His will, all right? He's given you His word, and that word is His will. And, and, and now you just need to have an understanding of His will. Amen? And, and we need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes, to put the light on it, 
to, put the, to illuminate our hearts to understand what God is saying to us. He so much wants you to know His will. That's why He's given you that Bible, so that you can understand it and receive the benefits from that will. A will comes with an inheritance. Amen. A will comes with gifts. And in this will, that's what you're coming to today. You're coming to the reading of the will. All right? You're finding out what's in it for me. That's what happens when we meet every time. What's in it for me? What is it that God has given me? That's what 1 Corinthians 2.12 says. That we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You know, one, one of the main responsibilities or functions of the Holy Spirit is to let you know what God has given you. All right? You need to know. Why do you need to know what God has given you? So that you'll take it. What good are all these gifts he's given us? We say, Lord, I don't really need that. I just want you. Give me a break. He's given you gifts. They're all expressions of him. If you want to get to know him, take from him. Receive from him. Amen. They're all expressions of him. I don't want the promise. I want the presence. I hear this kind of stuff. I teach at a Bible college, and I think, what are you t- You don't even know what you're saying. You're an idiot. Uh, but I love you. <laughs> I love you. It's important. I'm sorry. That was mean. Lord, I apologize. Be with the starving pygmies. Amen. All right. You ask in, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So th- his will is not going to be known on the basis of your natural thinking. You're going to have to have spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding. And the Holy Spirit will reveal these, his will to you as you begin to lean your ear and listen. You remember how many times you read throughout the Gospels and you hear Jesus say this phrase over and over. He who has ears to hear, let him understand. All right? I always thought that was funny. As growing up, I was always thinking, well, what else do you do with your ears? Pierce them, I guess. I don't know. He who has ears to hear, what he's saying is, he who has a listening ear to understand. To not just let it come in one ear and go out the other, but to hear and understand it. Because he knows if you can understand it, then you can live in its effect. You can let, it will affect you. Jesus said it's the truth that you know. That will set you free. Truth doesn't set people free. Truth that people know. Knows. Is that right? No, truth that people know sets them free. All right? It won't set you free until you know it. And that is become personally acquainted with it. The word filled here, when it says to be filled uh, with the knowledge of his will, this is a continuing action. To be filled and filled and filled and filled over and over again. This is why our Christian walk, this is why you need updates on a regular basis. And the way that you download these truths into your life come by daily reading in the scriptures. Daily reading the Bible. Y'all remember the little song? I mean, when I was a kid, we learned this song in, in uh, either VBS or Sunday school. I just remember we always started down like this. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. And you'll grow, grow, grow. And y'all are leaving me up here all by myself to do this. They're like, look at that idiot go. And you'll grow, 
grow, grow. So we always, we got that, I got that in me when I was just a little kid, you know, that to, to, in order to grow, it's a daily thing. You know, that, that, that elementary principle is still true today in your life. Don't forget the very essence, the basics of your walk with God. They enhance your life in great ways to come and get some time. You know, you need to have non-negotiable moments with God. And nothing is going to get you off that schedule where you meet with Him, you get into His Word, and you get into prayer with Him. Amen? We have to hear from Him. We're created to depend on Him. And declaring His Word. Coming to church. Hey, you guys did a good thing today. Coming to church is another way to get updates from God. Amen? So, from this passage, we're going to see in verse 10, let's look there for just a moment, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. Everybody say conduct. Being fruitful in every good work, say condition, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Correction. Yeah, nobody wanted to repeat that one. Correction. Correction. Conduct, condition, and correction. Who is that sneezing out there? Bless you. Actually, we're the one. We've already talked about this. We're the ones that need to be blessed. The sneezer is sneezing out 214 miles an hour. Everybody else in the room needs to be blessed. Amen. We got that tradition backwards. The sneezer should announce, bless you, I'm so sorry. Okay, verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. The conduct, that is, your manner of life. And then it tells us how. He clues us in by the very next, word, the very next phrase, fully pleasing the Lord. You know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It's impossible. How many of you think faith is important then? <laughs> without it, it's impossible to please Him. The opposite must be true too then. With it, it's impossible not to please Him. We walk by faith. We progress by faith. We have our manner of life by faith. As a Christian, you don't live like the rest of the world. The rest of the world is governed by their senses on, for the most part. You are not governed by your senses or, or should not practice to be governed by your senses, even though your senses can help you in one sense. But yet, the sense of faith is what we are all, because faith is the substance of those things that are hoped for. It's outside of the sensual realm. It's outside of just a feeling. Faith is the substance of those things that are hoped for. It's the evidence of those things that are not seen. And faith means that you are fully trusting God. You're, fully, you're clinging to Him. You're fully relying on Him no matter what. Amen. And so God calls us then, in order for us to understand His will, to have this understanding, and to conduct our lives in such a way that please Him, He has these terms for us to meet. This term is faith in God. That, those, these are His terms. These are his terms, and they will not change. He has done everything that was necessary for us to receive salvation. You could do nothing in and of yourself to receive that. You couldn't earn it. You couldn't do enough good stuff. It could not happen. We were broken in sin. So God did it for us. Jesus did it by letting his body be crushed and bruised and broken down so that we could all receive forgiveness for our sins. He took the full punishment upon himself. God poured out his wrath toward our sin on his son. The scripture says that he, he uh, all we were like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all of us. All right? Jesus got blamed for every wrong thing that you ever did. 
Every wrong thing that any of us did, God blamed Jesus for that. And he willingly took the blame. And he nailed it to that cross so that you and I could live in this freedom. But all he says to you and I is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. My family, it's everything. Your faith in God is everything concerning your salvation. Your faith is in God is, is, is everything concerning your eternal life. Your faith in God is everything concerning your daily walk. Paul said, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. How did you receive him? You received him by faith. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, Colossians 2, 6, so walk in him. In the way that you started, keep walking in that same way is what he's saying. And it's going to be a walk by faith. And that is the conduct that pleases God. Matter of fact, I like another place, another way Paul says it. He says, obey faith. The obedience to faith. Well, I need to obey God. You know, you need to obey God. Hey, faith obeys God. You obey faith. Obey faith. That is, choose to believe God no matter what your circumstance. Don't, don't obey your circumstances by letting them affect you. Obey faith. It says, no, I believe God. God's word says this, and this is what I'm going to believe. He says, I am healed, then I am healed. I obey that. Amen. Are you hearing me today? All right. So believe God, and obedience will fix itself. Amen. Faith, faith in God is the, is the height of holy living. Amen. Because the scripture says if it's not a, whatever's not a faith is sin. That was good preaching. Okay. But God has this term. And he won't compromise that term. He must be believed. My dad bought me a 1968 Mustang when I was 16 years old. And that was a fast little car. Loved that car. Wish I still had it. Did get a lot of tickets in it. But had fun regardless. Or as my friend Shane says, irregardless. <laughs> I went up to see my grandparents one weekend when I was a student at Christ for the Nations in Dallas. And they, they live over in that thriving metropolis called Thackerville, Oklahoma where the Windstar Casino is now. And uh, I'd drive up there. It's only about an hour drive or so from Dallas. and just get out of the city and see my grandparents. And, and so I filled up in town there in Thackerville at the gas station and was heading out there. And all of a sudden, my car started giving me trouble. It started giving me fits. It was jerking and, and missing. And I couldn't figure out what in the world was going on. All of a sudden, everything just went wrong. And finally, I made it all the way to their driveway. It's a long driveway, and their house sits up on a hill. And the car finally just died. And so I got out of the car and walked up there and greeted my grandparents, told my grandfather what was going on. I said, Grandpa, I said, when I was driving here, I said, I was looking at my rearview mirror and these big rings were coming. I could see them in my rearview mirror, big smoke rings. He said, you put diesel in your car. <laughs> car don't run on diesel. I said, oh, my goodness. Did I he said, no, you didn't run it. Well, so we, he helped me get all the diesel out. He said, it'll lube your engine up real good, though. It ought to run really good for <laughs> Get the right thing in there. That must think that other cars might run on that, but my car would not run on that. It would only run on gasoline. Anybody ever made the mistake of putting diesel in a gas engine? My, who else did that? One of my kids did that too, you know, just like their dad. <laughs> this life that you have, God gave to you. God gave you this gift called life. You didn't make this life, and your life was fashioned according to his design. And he created you, and to show you his love, 
He created you to have fellowship with you and to walk with you in this life. And, and the scripture says he's given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. So in order for you to live by his design, you need faith to do it. That's what he says. If you'll have faith, just have faith. Only believe. All things are possible to him who believes. Because outside of that, my family, the book of James gives us this this admonishment and a bit of a warning. He says, if he who doubts is unstable, and let not that guy expect to receive anything from God. God doesn't wink at doubt. He only acknowledges faith. Now, begging God is not what won't get it done. It just won't get it done. Trying to do good, that won't get it done. Believe Him. Put your faith in Him. Amen. And then, and then Paul goes on to say, being fruitful, in verse 10, being fruitful in every good work. I love that. Isn't that awesome? Always bearing fruit. Being fruitful in every good. So this, now, but I want us to slow it down for just a moment. and notice It says being fruitful in every, what kind of work? Good work. Every good work. So this is talking about the kind of work. And the good work, if it's going to be a good work, there ha- and and. If we're going to be fruitful, there has to be a seed that produces that fruit. So the condition of the fruit is uh, dependent upon the condition of the seed. And somewhere in between there is called this condition of the soil. Right? And all those things in the right environment, the seed in the right environment, the right condition will produce good fruit. It's interesting that Jesus said, make the tree good. Make the tree good, and it will produce good fruit. Or else make the tree bad, and it will produce bad fruit. For a tree is known by its fruit. See, you, when you became a child of God, God put his seed in you. And the scripture says that seed remains in you. But that seed is dependent upon certain conditions in order to bear fruit. And that's going to happen through your participation in it. All right, that's going to happen through your participation because your words are seeds. And so you're going to help water that seed through believing and speaking. This all has, this is all tied to faith, believing and speaking and getting the word of God, the right kinds of things in your mouth. You know that good works are produced by good words. Works always follow words. Uh, when, you, when you believe the gospel, you heard the gospel, and you believed in it. And guess what? Your life began to change. Good works began to follow. Like when all, you all, How many of you are married here? You set up your marriage based on words, didn't you? You set it all up on good words. And now, right now, you're working to produce the works that those words said that they would do. <laughs> I will keep myself only unto you, so long as we both shall live. I will be with you. I will love you, honor you, cherish you in sickness and in health, forsaking all others until our time on earth is done. Right? So you set yourself up with these good. Now you've got these works that will follow. But that all has to be cultivated. All has to be, it's all about the condition of this soil in order to produce the good works. You know, you were made for good works. Good works aren't something that, that's why this religious kind of thinking is always like, man, I really should do better. I know I need to do good. You know, I am a Christian after all. I should do something good. And it's all found in the, the, the efforts of the flesh. 
rather than understanding this isn't something you need to do. This is just something that you just need to let happen. All right? Because your, condi- your condition has changed. You, are, you have this righteous condition, and you need to acknowledge that condition and confess that condition so that works then will be the fruit of it. Good works will be the fruit of it. And this says you can be fruitful in every good work. Amen. Get the right, right things in your mouth. Get the right things stirring up in your life. Declaring the word of God and getting, get, giving that seed the right condition, the right soil. All right, we have to keep going. Let's look at verse, the latter part of verse 10. Is it raining right now? It is. That's good. And this last verse, it says, an increasing in the knowledge of God. Everybody say correction. All right, now this isn't, this isn't necessarily, this isn't necessarily punishment. All right, now we know the Lord does correct us, and we need correcting from time to time. You know, you ever been reading the scriptures, and you run across a verse that immediately you feel corrected when you read that verse, or whipped when you read that verse? And you think, oh, Lord, I didn't know you were going to mess with me there today. Or the preacher, you think that maybe somehow he had some, his ear somewhere on your wall, was listening in on your conversation in your house, and then he decided to put his sermon together based on you. And you're thinking, oh my God. Oh, yes, if he says my name, that, that, then I'll know for sure he's talking to me. But everything else is saying he's talking to me. Right? See, this is how the Word of God, this is how God corrects you. He doesn't correct you through calamity. He doesn't correct you through, through breaking you down and beating you up through sickness and disease. That's all a bunch of hogwash. He corrects you and I with his Word. Jesus told his disciples, you are clean by the Word. You're made clean by the Word. Amen? His Word is, I'm telling you, his Word will do it. His word will do the work. But, um, he, uh, but this correction, this, the, what I mean by this is that it says increasing in the knowledge of God. Well, that word means uh, uh, correct or accurate knowledge. Correct or accurate knowledge. You know, the scripture says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is destruction. The end of that way is destruction. It's not, it's not enough to just have knowledge. You've got to have the correct knowledge. These two preachers were standing along this roadside. One of them had a sign that said, uh, the end is near. And the other one had a sign, was holding a sign that said, turn around before it's too late. And car after car just kept on going by him. And finally, this, this, this one car drives by, and this guy rolls down his window, and he's cussing them out, you idiots, why don't you get a real job? And, and they'd watch him go by, and here in a little bit, they heard the car crash. And one looks at the other and says, you think we ought to maybe just put bridge out? <laughs> have to have the right kind of knowledge, otherwise you will not live accurately. The, the, the scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you can get the thinking right, if you can get the right kind of knowledge, the correct knowledge, then that will help you then change the way that you live your life, change what comes out of your mouth, the whole outlook, everything changes. Amen. So 
we also have this advantage, the scripture says, that we have the mind of Christ. Say that with me. I have the mind of Christ. Say that again. I have the mind of Christ. Say that. I think you need to say it again. I have the mind of Christ. Well, pastor, if I had the mind of Christ, uh, I, I don't think I'd be thinking kind of thoughts go through my head. See, you're, you're, you need correct thinking then. You're not thinking right. You're not thinking right. I have the mind of Christ, but then it also says to put on the mind of Christ. Some of you don't even know you have it. And you've had it all along. You just didn't put it on. You just didn't make yourself aware of it. You didn't allow yourself to receive that truth, to be corrected, to correct your thinking, to become a more accurate kind of have more accurate kind of understanding. These are things that God wants to get to you on a daily basis, downloads into your life that will help you get the clutter out, to help you function in a better way, to run your race and not grow weary, to walk and not faint, to mount up with wings like eagles. This is how he created you to live, but it's only going to happen by his truth being evident in your life. Amen. So we see today then that... Um, this affects what God wants to get into your life through his will will affect your conduct, that is, your manner of life, uh, your condition, and that is the condition of your good works and being predicated upon the condition of the soil that that seed has been sown in by your confessing. This is talking about the quality of your produce and then correction to having the accurate kind of knowledge. Father, thank you for this time together with my family and friends today, thank you, God, that every good thing in our life comes from you. Every good thing. And for that, we are grateful. We understand today, Lord, we woke up this morning. Some people didn't wake up today. And we understand right now that as a result of this, that you have given us another day. You've given us another opportunity, another experience in life. And Lord, help us, God, to stay aware that you have made us by design and that when we try to live our lives on our own, that's when we find nothing but trouble because we're living outside of our design. Help us, Lord, to remember it's faith that pleases you, that we acknowledge you in all of our ways, that we don't lean on our own understanding but acknowledge you in all, our, all of our ways, and you will direct our paths. Thank you, Lord, for being a very present help in time of need. Thank you right now. I pray right now that your people would be filled with the knowledge of God, filled with the knowledge of God's will, that you would illuminate their hearts and minds, that, Lord, that you would grant to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Thank you for grace and peace to be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.